0: All right, so a question. What do you think about when you hear the word pilgrim? Turkey? Maybe the Mayflower? Some funny clothing choices? You're getting ahead of me. You got a better answer. When I think about pilgrim, I think about the pilgrims, right? Those particular group of folks who left where they were at because they couldn't worship according to their conscience. And so they went across the seas and they landed off course a little bit and hit at Plymouth Rock, right? That's not what pilgrim means. They were pilgrims. The simple definition of a pilgrim is a wanderer, one who's traveling. And to go ahead and give away the whole sermon, you are a pilgrim. You are a traveler say, really? I don't get out very much. Uh-huh. You are. Okay. Do you know how Jacob, when asked how old he was, what an answer he gave to Pharaoh, he said that the days of my pilgrimage, I think it was about 130. You can go check me on that. All right? Days of my pilgrimage. He's referring to that journey that he'd already lived, and he still had another 17 years or so to go before he ended his journey, but his life was summarized as a pilgrimage now he didn't own land and he lived in tents and he bounced around from location to location but it's not about the ownership of the land all right our life our entire life could be described as being a journey that we are traveling down traveling through so you're a pilgrim your whole life is your pilgrimage. And if that word is too strange for you, use traveler. You're a traveler. Your life is a journey. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Several Old Testament saints are mentioned here. And when it gets down to Abraham, talked about by faith, Abraham... When he was called to go into place, which he should receive, he should after receive for inheritance, he obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. You know what it means to be a sojourner? It means to stay or visit a land that's not your own. You're a foreigner. You're a stranger. You do that when you're on a travel, yes. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. I'm mean, down in verse ten, Hebrews eleven ten. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. What city was he looking for? Heaven, right? He was looking for the place to be with God. That's what he was looking for. He was looking for a better country. Go down to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. Does that mean they had to wear funny hats and get on ships? No. Oh. They were Travelers. Travelers their whole life on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from which they come out, they might have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city you and i are pilgrims we are travelers we are on a journey this land wherever we are is not it this life wherever we are is not it we are seeking a better country we are seeking a city we are seeking a home where our lord dwells and where we will be with him eternally so if you get nothing else from the message this morning, you're a traveler. This life is not your home. But we seek a home. We have a home. We have a home prepared for us and that we are journeying to. All right. Y'all know what a metaphor is. A metaphor is something to try to help you understand a different topic. Sometimes topics are too big to wrap our heads around, and so we try to break it down into a simpler form, simile, metaphor, literary analysis. Y'all remember that from high school, right? All right. How about allegory? Bigger word. Allegory is an extended metaphor, one that goes on. There's a lot going on. I would like to try to present to you an allegory this morning. Y'all know Elliot and I took a little hiking trip. Y'all know I learned a great deal <laughs> nothing else I'm not in good shape <laughs> if you watched any of those videos you'd see me going <gasps> <laughs> yeah that was authentic I wasn't putting a filter on if I was trying to show you a different side I would have stopped for 20 minutes till my breathing was normal yes. and then filmed it <laughs> okay yes. but as I was thinking about that Trek and particularly the terrain I have not been able to get out of my mind this this concept of an extended metaphor for our life, particularly as a traveler, one who was going home. Elliot and I, the whole time we were on that trip, you know where we were going? Home. No, not really. Yeah, really. That's that was our that was where we were getting to. We were getting to our car so we could go home. There was no shortcut to get to home. Our car was at the far end of that trek, and there wasn't a way we could get there any faster, right? It It was there, yeah. We stopped several times. We saw different things. None of the places we stopped, none of the things we saw, no matter how beautiful they were, were our home. We were traveling home. You and I, our entire lives, are traveling home. Okay? This world is not your home. Heaven is your home. To be with your Lord is your home. But in the meantime... There's a path you've got to walk. There's a journey that you have to travel. There's a pilgrimage to take. Okay? Now, we're all seasoned travelers in cars, right? We, we covered probably 350 miles yesterday going up to the funeral and seeing great-grandparents. It was a great day. You know what? I was tired at the end of the day, but you know where the tired was? Just mentally. (laughs) My body was fine, right? Why? Because I was sitting on my tookus, having to depress a pedal for just a smidge and control the steering wheel. That was it. I was not physically tiring. It'll wear you out. That kind of traveling is very different than traveling on foot. When you're tired in a car and you're ready for the trip to be over what do you do speed up up. (laughs) drive faster i want this thing to be over what do you do when you're walking and you're tired you speed Speed up (laughs) you can try you slow down i think that us traveling in a vehicle is not a real good comparison for our experience in life I think traveling in a vehicle is too easy. How much stuff can you carry in a car? A lot. A lot. Much as you can fit on the inside and duct tape to the outside, right? Bungee straps, whatever you got, All right? How about when you're toting on foot? You can carry, you can tote as much as you can carry, but there's a cost. For each ounce, after so many miles, that ounce feels like, that ounce feels like what? A pound. <laughs> for thirty miles it was like a ton. Okay, there's a the cost. It's different, and the terrain that he and I hiked on wasn't like the terrain around here, right? Out here is mostly what flat. There are songs, somebody, there it is, that describe life in terms of walking on foot but their terrain's wrong. Palms of Victory, 585. I saw a wayward traveler in tattered garments clad, and struggling up the mountain, it seemed that he was sad. His back was laden heavy, his strength was almost gone, and yet shouting as he journeyed, deliverance will come. Now he's going to keep going up that mountain until he reaches the top, and then he's going to go down to the valley below, and then angels are going to bear him away one mountain down to one valley which in that metaphor is death that's not life and so as we were walking through the Appalachian Mountains I felt as we were going up and down and up and down and sometimes a little bit of level sometimes a little bit of slight slope and sometimes a little bit of little downgrade and then sometimes it's oh my goodness And sometimes we're going down so fast, man, we're making progress, right? That felt a lot more like life to me, and I'll try and explain what I mean by that. But the terms I want you to think about is the terms of walking with the Lord, okay? What is your experience in walking with the Lord? And we're going to use this kind of Appalachian model, if you will, to think that through. So early and I get out of the car at Cooper's Gap, you know it's blowing through a gap? Wind. It was 20 degrees without the wind. And you know what we're trying to do? Trying to get our gear on and get things strapped up and we're trying to say goodbye. And I had to buy a pair of sunglasses at the gas station because I forgot mine. And you know what it still had on there? Tag. My hands were so cold I couldn't break the plastic tag. And I sure didn't want to sit down my pack and try and find where did I put that knife. Right? I had to hand the glasses into my dear wife inside her car so she could fumble with getting those things off. Yes. It was loud. So loud you couldn't hear each other. I mean, it's, yes. it's wind. It's uncomfortable. It's stressful. And we're just starting. <laughs> Sometimes our journey in serving the Lord starts that way. You've been made aware things are wrong. What I've been doing is wrong. There's got to be a better way. And you know that there is a better way. And so you start trying to fix yourself to be ready enough to start walking. Do you know what we couldn't do in that environment? We couldn't fix ourselves. Our hands were numb. Our faces were cold. We couldn't get it done. And so sometimes the best thing you can do in your walk with the Lord, particularly if it's just starting out, start walking. Don't stay there until you get yourself ready go do you know what we were doing the whole trip adjusting this strap this strap this strap this tube here this would be, we had a lot of different configurations with our gear and the whole time we're learning we're evaluating okay this works this doesn't work this doesn't work what i if we had stopped there and stayed at that gap until we gotten it just right you know what happened we were froze to death okay start walking okay you know you need to serve the lord you know you want to get closer to the lord It's not going to change by doing the exact same thing that you're doing now. And and the concept here is if we're thinking about just being born again, you're early in your your walk with the Lord, start. Now, El and I, this may be your experience. When you first start walking out, as soon as we got into the woods, you know what happened? The wind died down. The sun had come up. It was warmer. And the path was pretty level. Got to see pretty little Waterfall. We're walking along and things feel good. You know what? We're making good time. We're covering some ground. No. We're encouraged. No. Out, of the coldness. Out of the coldness, right? We feel like we're doing good. No. And so sometimes you'll have those seasons of your life where you feel like your walk with the Lord is going really well. You're making no. a lot of progress. You're covering. Things have gotten easier. The things you used to struggle with don't bother you anymore. The things that used to tempt you the same way don't tempt you the same way. Those are great seasons. Enjoy them. But most of the things that we're going to experience in our life change. Don't expect it to stay the same. Okay, The scenery is going to change in your walk with the Lord, up and down, up and down. So sometimes it starts out smooth. Sometimes it's level. and Things are quiet. And things are good. But eventually, it's gonna get harder, okay? Elliot and I came to our first hill. We thought it was a mountain. Turns out it was just a hill. And it was hard. And we went from making big strides. I know that my stride is an average of 30 inches. How do I know that? I did ROTC in high school. and <laughs> We learned how to march, right? So to cover a mile in a 30 inch stride, I need over 2,000 steps. That takes a little bit longer than 60 seconds in a car going below highway speed, right? Miles are different. But can you get a 30-inch stride going up a 20% grade? No! And so what can you be tempted to do? Be discouraged because you're not traveling at the same speed you were before. Are you making progress? Yes. Yes. And so in this illustration, I want you to think about those hills, those mountains, or when you're drawing closer to the Lord, when you're doing the things that you need to be doing, when you're seeking Him, when you're ferventing your prayers, when you're communing with Him, when you're reading the Word, sometimes you won't feel it. Okay? Sometimes you've just got to have that discipline anyway, and even though you don't feel like you're making progress, guess what? You are! You're doing the right thing. Do you know what happens after those hard times up? The mountaintop experiences, right? Mountaintop experiences are great. You can look out and you can see what he's brought you from. Only from the top of the mountain can you really see how far it was that you climb up, right? When you're in the middle of it, really all you can see is, what's the next tree? Why did I need a tree? Because I want to make sure I didn't fall down. I want something to hold on to. Give me the next anchor point. The next anchor point. Y'all, when I got really discouraged on one of those hills, you know what I was doing? I didn't even look at the next tree. I was looking for the next rock. And I just started thanking the Lord. I went through each of y'all. Mentioning you by name. Thanking the Lord for individuals that were in my life that were blessings from Him that I was grateful for. I was not thinking about my situation and my difficulty. I was thinking about others and the blessings He give me. And you know what I could do? Take another step. Take another step. Taking other steps. Climbing mountains is not easy. You've been in a car and your car seems to be struggling a little bit. Oh, poor little car. You can do it. Come on, old Bessie. We encourage our cars when we're climbing mountains. It's different on foot, right? Difficult times in our life, drawing closer to the Lord. It's more like this footpath. You have to keep moving, keep doing what's right, having diligence, and uh, diligence is important, discipline. Governing yourself and governing others. Now, Stop. as you're Stop. carrying Stop. stuff, there's load, right? There's weight, there's a burden. I'll tell you that Ellie and I were constantly adjusting. How effective would I have been at walking if I decided I'm gonna carry a bowling ball with me? Or I'm gonna carry a pallet of bricks. Right? Go over to Hebrews chapter twelve. Read verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that's referring to all those saints from chapter 11, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run the race with patience, the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Where's home? The home is there at the throne of God. That's what we're looking for. That's the motivation. That's the end destination. What are we doing now? Now we're evaluating our pack. What am I carrying? What are the weights? What are the sin that I've chosen to carry on this trip? What's a bowling ball? Anger. anger. Bitterness unforgiving spirit you want to hinder your walk with the Lord you you carry that bowling ball how about the weight of guilt for sins that are in the past that you're no longer committing but you're beating yourself up over who's paid for that sin Christ did he leave any of it off no if he's not going to hold it against you anymore because the debt's already been paid what right do you have to tell him I still need to beat myself up over this and let's be honest when it says that Jesus bore our sins he's not talking about bowling ball weight right that's just what we feel in connection with our sins guess what your feelings are weak they're not the reality to the price that Jesus bore when he carried away your sins it's more like stone mountain you know only a third of stone Mountain's is visible that's like 800 feet above the ground around it it weighs over a trillion pounds there's your fun anecdote Imagine putting that in your backpack. Pressure. That's the weight of your sins. You couldn't bear it. Not a shot. Now imagine a stone mountain for every one of God's people and putting that on your your Lord to be pressed (coughs) down. That's the weight of the sins that he's already born. So examine your pack. What are you carrying on this journey? Are you carrying the weight of past sins that you feel? Are you continuing to gauge in sins that you know ought not? Whether that's external or internal. Sometimes it's easiest to clean up the external stuff, right? The things that people can see. It's the internal things that... That's where the rubber meets the road. If you're serving the Lord from the heart out. Anger, wrath, bitterness, malice. Hard heartedness. Those are weights. Those are sins. Go through your pack. Lay them down. They're just going to make your journey harder. So you've climbed up the mountain. You're at the mountaintop experience. You're so close to the Lord. What are we tempted to do? Try and stay there. Set up camp. I'm just going to be here. I ain't going any further. Right? Is that mountaintop your home? No. No more than the mountaintop that Elliot and I had to stop on the first night because we were too tired to go on. There was a fire ring. Therefore, it was a campsite. We were stopping here. right? Was that our home? But it was beautiful. Oh, what a sunset. It was such a great time. It's not home. If we had stopped and built the house there, Would that have made that mountain my home? No. My family wasn't there. That's what's part of the thing that's going to be so great about heaven. It'll be the best family get together you've ever had. Your whole family will make it. Nobody's going to fight. And the Lord's going to be the center of attention. So I could have built a mansion on the top of that first mountain I came to because I was tired and didn't want to go any farther. And it was pretty right here. One, it didn't make the mountain mine. It wasn't home. The people I cared about weren't there. I had to keep going. And you and I have to keep going. Now, my favorite part of traveling was the mountain ridges. Ridges are where you're at the top of the mountain, and you just kind of keep walking. You don't really have to go downhill to the next mountain. You just kind of ski. There's, there's steep sides on both sides. You've got beautiful vistas, but it's fairly level terrain. Sometimes a little down, sometimes a little up. Um, That's what I think about when that song, uh, Walking in Sunshine. It's up there, you have the most access to the sun. It's encouraging. You're staying close to the Lord up there. But you're still moving. But if you're anything like me, and if you're a human, inevitably there's going to come a period where you start to drift away from the Lord. We use that term drifting in terms of boats, but here no. let's be honest: we walk away. We choose the path that goes downhill. You know what's easier about downhill? It's easy, <laughs> right? You just kind of get pulled downhill. Gravity's just pulling you out. You don't even have to notice it first, yeah. but then like, oh, this is yes. this is great. Yes. On one sense, but you're getting farther from the Lord. And it's it's easy. You don't have to have the same diligence to go away from Him. You don't have to have the same discipline or effort. You can just find yourself there being pulled away. And eventually most of us are going to come to another gap. And there's the road that goes back up the next mountain. Generally that one's steep. Generally that one's hard. And then there's generally one that goes sometimes we choose the difficult path where we're drawing back to the Lord and we're doing the difficult things and we're having discipline we're seeking him earnestly and we're going through the hard time sometimes we're lazy and we choose the path of least resistance or worse yet we're standing there at the pass, and there's other travelers who come by and they ask for our opinion what should we do and we give real bad advice Oh, you're fine the way you are. Oh, don't worry about that. We all do that. And whether you mean to or not, you're encouraging someone else to walk away. To walk the hard, the easy path. It's it's still on the mountain, right? You're still on the mountain. But invariably, it leads down, 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 into a valley. Right? You know what? psalm 23 the valley of the shadow of death i did not understand that expression until i was in an actual valley they're dark you know why because you have mountains on either side of it, and guess what doesn't get down there very much during the day sunlight sunlight rises late <laughs> sets early and by the time it gets to the bottom it feels pretty cold And you know what's hard to get out of valleys? You know it's hard to get out of? Valleys! Right? You can't just walk straight up those valleys. right? They're too steep. Inevitably, you got to take a long way that kind of goes around and works your way up. Valleys can take a long time to get out of. You may not feel encouraged along that way. And at some point in our life, we're going to go through valleys with our walk with the Lord. Does that mean you stop? Does it mean you just give up? and say, it's not going to get any better? Let me ask you this. If you're on a hiking trip and you sit down to wait for the scenery for it to change, is it going to? And why does so often in our life, we just, well, I'm just going to get up. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go any farther. Right? We get discouraged. But the truth is, is we got to keep, keep walking keep moving forward now in this illustration in my mind I've been walking alone and in some senses that's true because your life and your journey is going to be different than mine we may have to go through similar hard times We may even have similar sins at times. But your journey will be different than mine. Your times of up will be different than my times of up, and my times of down will be different than yours. And so I cannot, with great accuracy, describe your journey the same way I can mine. However, we're not walking alone. Because that author and finisher of our faith who sat down on the right hand, who we're looking forward to at our home... He's also with us. He say, for a man, you can't do that. You're right. But he's God. And so when Jesus would say to you, come unto me, all you that are weak and heavy laden, right, it's uh, Matthew 11. Let me read that to get the exact language. Matthew 11, 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Often we think about yokes in terms of animals pulling stuff. That's fine. A yoke can also describe the piece of wood that would go over a man's shoulders, and he could hang two buckets on it, help help carry a load. Right? Who's carrying your load with you? Christ. Christ. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You're not carrying your backpack of stuff alone. He's there carrying it with you. He's the one who, through gentle prods of conscience and conviction, will let you know when there's stuff in your pack you need to let go. Sins you need to lay down. Guilt you need to lay down. Heck, even blessings of material stuff that you don't need. You get folks get real generous on the trail i got enough food I've discovered to last me three days, and I'm only going to be here another two, I don't want to carry the extra weight. <laughs> Let me share it with someone who's along the way. So if the Lord's given you more than you need materially, are you going to use it at home? Perhaps he's given it to you so you're ready to give it to someone else along their journey. And that could be material stuff. That could be spiritual stuff. You have words of encouragement, words of scripture, prayer that have lifted you up through difficult, dark times. And you come along another traveler who you may be seeing about to go down that path that leads to the valley. Well, I don't want to say anything. It might hurt his feeling. I want to say something so you can avoid a whole lot of heartache. I can't make you listen to me. But I can tell you and tell you out of love, not because I think you're a dummy for going down that path, because if we're all honest, we've all gone down that path. You can't look down on someone when you've done the same thing. But out of motivation for love and desire and the good of somebody, we'll open up our faces or you see someone who's struggling up the mountain, they're trying they're doing what they're supposed to do and yet they're discouraged and tired encourage them, keep going what you're doing is worth it the thing at the end that the Lord has bought and paid for the home that you're journeying to keep moving You see someone who's pitched camp at the top of the mountain, or maybe they're discouraged, they pitched to the valley, and they're not going anywhere. Remind them, this world, where you're at, this is just a rest stop. You pause for a time, you catch your breath, you have a meal, you sleep for a night, but then you go on. Now, there's not a direct correlation between you having the things of this world and the mountaintop experiences. Sometimes you'll have the things of this world, and you'll be deep in the valley, far from the Lord. Now, I've got everything I want. I've got the best house. I've got the best car. I've got the best uh, you know, trophy, wife, and whatever, all those things that you think you need in order to be happy. And what you don't realize is that you've built the kingdom of mud pies in the bottom of the valley. The best you could build is a hovel compared to home. Hold on to this world loosely. You're here. You're here for a purpose. But this is not home. You're seeking a better country. Don't be deceived. No matter where you are in your journey, whether it's kind of calm, or it's difficult, or heaven help you if it's easy because if it's easy right now you need to be on guard because you're probably walking farther from the Lord than closer to him but wherever you're at this is not it at the closest times around the Lord it probably won't last cuz you're a sinner and this is a sin-cursed world and that's what we do we exist in sorrow and pain and labor but you know what those are features of this world they don't get to come in at home when you're at home with the lord it's perfect in perfect way we can't can't even understand everything we do is marred everything is imperfect everything is touched by oh we could have done that better or it's not going to last right the best thing you've ever done or ever built leave it out in the sunshine for a day okay a year a 100 years is it still there What, a thousand years I mean the Colosseum is just massive wonderful big feature of architecture and it's no. a hollow shell at this point no. and yet home is permanent home is abiding home doesn't end So if you're a traveler, and you're a stranger, and the world that you see around you seems to be just imploding with doing the wrong thing, and inviting you to do the wrong thing, do you have to be discouraged? No, this ain't your home! You're a foreigner here, a traveler, an ambassador, an ambassador who's been called back to their home and is on the journey so travel lightly check your packs what are you toting that you don't need what are you toting that's slowing you down what are you holding on to about this world that's not your home lay down those sins lay down the ones that you struggle with you struggle with them because you enjoy them on some respect will they make it easier to draw close to the Lord No. They'll make it more tempting to take that path of least resistance, the one that kind of pulls you downhill. Don't forget where you're going. Do you think Ellie and I ever forgot where we were going? No. No. With each step, we knew we were drawing closer to home, closer to the car to get to home, closer to family. Family. Never along the way did we forget where we were going. When times are hard, and when times are good, remember where it is that you're really going. And be on guard, be on guard when things feel easy. I'm going to ask a series of questions, and I don't expect you to answer, but I want you to think about them. Using this extended medical core, where are you right now? Are you on a mountain? Are you struggling up a steep slope? Are you kind of wandering down a mountain? Are you deep in a valley? What direction are you headed? One's where you currently at. The other is what direction are you headed? If you're headed down farther from the Lord, let me advise you, stop! There are better paths. Sorry for those who have... Hearing. (laughs) Or used to be able to hear. Um, Use... The good sense that the Lord has given you, when you're in a hole, quit digging. Right? You say, Brother John, that's 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 so simple. Yeah, do it. Husbands, we get a lot better at being husbands when we learn that in a fight. Quit digging. All right. Sometimes the best things we can do is just shush our faces. <laughs> and yet, when you're a new husband, you wanna know what the hardest thing is to do? Shut your face. <laughs> Because you have the need to prove that you're right. (laughs) Sometimes we're not. And sometimes it just doesn't need to be proven. (laughs) Pick your battles. There's your marriage counseling. All right? Quit digging. If you're going the wrong way, stop. If things are easy in your walk with the Lord, be on guard and start looking, how can I draw closer? You say, what do you need to do? It's pretty straightforward. Commune with Him. Seek the Lord in prayer. Open, honest dialogue. I'm not talking robotic. I am praying because I am supposed to pray and therefore I am praying and now I am done praying and I can go on with what I was going to do and now I am done. What kind of relationship would you have if somebody came and talked to you that way? What is wrong with you? Right? How about reading the word that he's given you? Well, if someone wrote me a note, and I read the first line, and thought, well, that's enough for today. Over the course of the next year, I may finish the rest of this letter. If I read one line a day, I'll finish the letter of the year. What will you not remember at the end of the year? Really, any of it. (laughs) Right? Now, I'm not saying don't read your Bible through in a year, but I'm saying if that's your only approach, if it's I'm checking this box because this box needs to be checked because I'm supposed to do this so people can see and I can say and my Instagram can show I am a dutiful Christian versus I want to be at home. This book tells me about home. Tells me about the one who prepared that home for me. And what a cost that was. That this applies to me. Because the Lord loves me. So where are you right now? And what direction are you headed? What are you carrying with you? What do you need to lay down? Have you forgotten where home is? Or have you been seeking to build an earthly kingdom where you can have the pomp here? Maybe you think, Well, I want to do it for the next generation, so they can have whatever. Aren't you really just trying to live on? Is this where we build our kingdoms? Are we travelers? kind of model did Jesus give during his three years of earthly ministry y'all know he had the right, he could have gone up to Herod's path, castle and said out, mine everybody come to me he had the right is that the model that he did he didn't have a place to lay his head I'm not telling y'all to become nomads, don't take that away from this but if you look at the way he lived his life, going about his father's business, always traveling, always going, always serving others, that's a pretty good ma- model for us to put into this. That this life is just a trip. It's not the destination. To go on, Going about serving the Lord each day and each step, whether we feel like it or not. Because guess what? Your walk with the Lord is not limited to your emotions. Our emotions are fickle. They can vary whether we've had too much sugar or not enough, too much caffeine or not enough, or any of those other inputs that can radically affect our moods. But consistent discipline and walking with the Lord, that's something different. So are you seeking a better country? Is that relevant to you each day or only on Sunday mornings for about an hour and a half? are you moving? Or are you just stationary? Do you feel like you're not making any progress? (coughs) Feel that way. You may be looking closely at the scenery around you. Now, and I were climbing Springer Mountain. It had a rock path that went on for forever. That's the way it felt. It was probably only a couple miles, but after going 20-something before that, you're like, we, are we ever going to get up this thing? And if you're looking at the individual rock in front of you and the individual rock behind you, you may feel like, I haven't made it anywhere. And so sometimes we need to zoom out from our lives and go back to where have we come since the Lord first dealt with us? Look how far the Lord has brought us thus far and we haven't walked alone. Christ has been with us, we're bearing a yoke that he's designed, but when you do that, don't get complacent. Look how far I've come, I'm good, there's still a journey to take. That last song that we called out, 182, God's Promise. God has not promised skies always blue, flower strewn pathways all our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, peace without sorrow, joy without pain. But God has promised strength as our day. He gives you the strength for that day, not for the next day. At the end of that day, your knees may hurt, your back may hurt, your knees may be just shaking from exertion, but the next day you're given another round of strength, another sunrise, another fresh batch of daily mercies. Rest when we labor. Is this traveling involved labor? Yeah, this ain't sitting in a car trip, right. Foot by foot, step by step, light on the way, Grace for our trials, help from above, unfading kindness, undying love. Though we have mingled sunshine and rain, clouds decked with rainbows, joy mixed with pain, let us still trust his mercies right on and sing his praises all the day long. Can you sing His praises all along your journey? Yeah! Because He's given you plenty to sing about. Because the one that's gone before you and has ordered your steps and has prepared a path that leads you home, invariably leads you home, and who's there with you, you have something to sing about. If you don't understand why it's so hard... Or why there's trials in your life? It's okay. You don't necessarily have to understand. But can you trust the one that's with you? Is he worthy of your trust? This is not rhetorical. Is he worthy of your trust? Absolutely. Our lives will change. We will have variability. We will have ups and downs. In the best marriages, there are ups and downs, but even in marriage, you don't stop, right? You keep going. You keep drawing together. You keep doing the hard things. It, but I want to read a little bit of 600. Walking in sunlight, all of my journey, over the mountains, through the deep vale or valley, Jesus has said, I'll never forsake thee, promise divine that never can fail. When Jesus is walking with you, guess what's also with you? His light, you're never again plunged back into darkness. All around you may be dark and you may be discouraged, but He's still there. You're still in the light. And His unfading kindness, His undying love, unending love, is never going to abandon you. Shadows around me, shadows above, never conceal my Savior and guide. He is the light, and Him is no darkness. Ever I'm walking close to His side. In the bright sunlight, ever rejoicing, pressing my way to mansions above, singing His praises, gladly I'm walking, walking in sunlight, sunlight of love. one who's borne the weight of your sins and have prepared the home for you is guiding you along listen whether he's convicting you through conscience or through his word but he will lead you to him you will be with him this journey I don't know how long your journey's going to last. It could be over tomorrow. And though I'll be sad that I won't get to see you for a time, I don't have to be sad for you. You're home. You've made it. That's the place we want to be. The death for the Christian, it's really no death at all. It's victory, it's homecoming, it's graduation. You've made it. Not by your own strength. The Lord's been carrying you. (laughs) But I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be convicted. I want you to have a desire over the next year. If the Lord gives us the next year, think of where am I on this journey? How can I draw closer to Him? Even if The hard, difficult, difficult trials come in my life. Maybe I didn't even cause them. A lot of times we cause them. Sometimes we didn't cause them. How we respond to those. Am I drawing closer to the Lord? Am I getting angry and bitter and frustrated that He's not doing it my way? Right? It's been my experience in the hardest times of my life. You know what I wind up on the other side? Closer to Him than where I started. So don't get angry or frustrated when you're going through hard times. They can be used for your good too. Doesn't mean you enjoy it. But on the other side, you can see, wow, I was down there. And look where the Lord's brought me. And I can see him more clearly. And I can walk in the sunshine for a while. Do you know the great thing about Heaven perfect sunshine. No clouds, no valley, no departure. That's what we're looking forward to. That's what we're walking towards. So pilgrims, start walking. Thank y'all. 67. 67. Hey baby girl. All right. Great song. 67. I feel like traveling on. If anybody would like to unite with this church, feel so free to let me know that um, after we sing this song. 67. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I